Welcome to Because Mom Said So, with the same moms you have grown to love, but with a new twist. Join us each week as we talk about topics related to motherhood, to womanhood, and everything in between. Hello, ladies. Hi, ladies. Hello. It's a new day. It's a new day. And I woke up this morning, so that's a good thing. (laughs) That's a blessing. (laughs) God. I say my thank yous every time I get out of the bed. Holly, introduce your girl to everybody. Now, you know how you have family. It's just Kristen's part of my extended family. We love Kristen. She has like, she's like another mom to Nia. Kristen has taken Nia under her wing and has been such an incredible mentor, teacher. Um, We met through Dance Moms. Kristen was um, a coach or a choreographer for the rival team. Was it Candy Apples? I don't remember. Was it? Candy I don't Apples? even remember that, Kristen. Who did you work with? It was, um, it was the waiting room. Remember when we redid the waiting room? No. I don't. Yes, that's it. So it, that was Kathy's team. I don't even know who was on her team then, but okay. But it's so funny because it's one of those things that, you know, you meet people and I remember we were like told not to interact and fraternize with other people. And I, Kristen has such a positive energy she's a great person a woman of faith she's super creative and she's incredibly loyal and passionate about her craft she's just a good person and um she took nia under her wing and just like nia you have so much talent that people don't get to see let's work together and it just started working informally and from that a beautiful friendship emerged and kristen really has become like our family, like our family. She really is truly an extension of our family. And she is um, involved in producing. She's a choreographer, started out as a dancer. And she's done just so many wonderful, incredible things. And just to be part of her journey as a friend and to see her evolve um, and her path of motherhood, as well as an entrepreneur and then into arts. I'm just incredibly proud of everything that she takes on. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Melissa invited her to be a guest today. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, we need Kristen. I'm like, she's perfect for us. Cause she is, I, I want to say she's like us, but we're not, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I'm not, we're not creative like you, but you have a really great heart and that's what draws mm-hmm. me to you. And, um, and I love your new show. Cause I try to, I try to post about it every week and, um, I, I love you. But well, I want to hear about all you. about it, Kristen. I want to hear all about you and welcome to the family. Cause if you're part of Holly's family, we we're the extended family. So you get all of us. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me into the family. And I just, I feel like I need to bring Holly with me everywhere just to be like, this is who I am because that is the best. <laughs> like, <laughs> Introduction. introduction I have ever had. So thank you so much. Um, I feel like it was when I was going to turn the big four zero that all of a sudden I realized, I feel like I haven't lived my whole life yet. And I feel like it's almost halfway over. So I caught, I caught myself telling my husband, I think I just want to be a marine biologist, or now I want to be a fashion designer. And now I want to do, and he's like, Okay, well, it's, it's too late. Like you've already started your career. And so then I thought, well, why don't I just do it on the side, you know, with all my free time? So, yeah. right, we know how that works. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to go try these things. But I'm also thinking maybe everyone else thinks this too. Like what if they would have taken a different path 
as a child and didn't just stick to their one talent hobby activity yeah what if they did something else and would where would it have brought them like their journey mm -hmm. would have been so different and so I thought why not like let's go and have a new talent a new activity every episode and also you know it's for the whole family so you also yeah. have that spectrum of like it coming from you know my generation where it's like let's try new things let's get out of here not that I don't love what I do but hey you know bucket list we have a bucket list yeah right so Holly has one of those okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I, I'm working is. on it with her Check it we are trying to get her to pee in the shower. All okay. right, let's not go down that rabbit hole again. <laughs> you don't pee in the shower? <laughs> Thank no, you, Kristen. No, no. Yeah. Need, okay. No. Kristen's probably like, what kind? What We uh, talk about all things, Kristen, here. And that was a topic of conversation, <laughs> and I do not. Open book. So yes. you can talk about and that. We need to have a discussion because, yes, hey, everyone yes. pees in the shower. Thank you, Holly. Nope. That's okay, so, no. so, so go ahead. I'm sorry. And I also, you know, as I'm teaching kids dance, you know, all over the country, thousands of kids on conventions, this and that, I realized that there's a lot of moms and parents that I see that don't know where to put their kids. They don't know what interests their kids. They don't know, you know, they don't want to spend all this money signing up and seeing, and then their kid not like it. So I wanted to um, create a the show um, for kids also, so they can see, wow, I want to try horseback riding, mom. That sounds so fun. And that actually happened to my nephew. They were watching the show with me before the horse episode came out, horseback riding. And my, the six-year-old nephew was enthralled. He was like, wow. Yeah. And he, a week uh -huh. later, he was brought and they brought him to go do horseback riding. And he was like, I learned this from my aunt Kristen and that you should do this. And it was so cool to see oh, that I inspired yeah. somebody, you know, that's incredible. Well, that's just the one you know about. I'm sure you've inspired a lot. You just know that one. You know, I want to do out of the box activities, hobby stuff, because I think a lot of people don't realize that these things exist. There's, mm -hmm. I mean, you go on to TikTok and the talent that these people have is just unbelievable. Like my mouth drops. I'm like, uh -huh. what? How did you do that from uh -huh. finger painting? I don't understand. That's not real. And so that's kind of things that I wanted to dive into. Not so much the, you know, the dance. Everybody's like, where's the dance episode? I'm like, well, you already know I know how to, why would I do that? Like, that doesn't seem fun to me. I want to try something new as well. And so this season was glass blowing. Which is so cool. Yeah, the glass blowing is so fun. Ceramic bowling, which was really cool because we got to go behind and see how all of the pins were, oh, you know, realigned mm -hmm. and everything. It's just, it's almost like PBS Kids. I love that. Oh, yeah. Wait, I have a suggestion. Do you ever see that sand when they put sand and they make art? Oh, yeah. You have to do that because that amazes me. That's, I've actually, you're the second person that has told me to do that. And that <laughs> is the, it's so funny, you guys, because that is the number one note that I get back. So someone will see the show and they'll call me and be like, Kristen, I love the show. Can you do synchronized swimming next? Or can <gasps> you do, everybody yeah. has these. It's so funny to be like, 
not that they didn't love it, but they don't want to talk about that. They just want to see me do other yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see you do synchronized swimming. I'm going to put yeah. that all over social media. Because I really want to know how to do it. I'm, it's just going to be awful. But I'm excited <laughs> because Chris I love know how they do that. That's uh, It's unreal. So anyway, I have big plans for season two. I want to do um, like beekeeping. I think <gasps> that would be so cool. Yeah. You know, for the Gen Zs that want to save all the bees, you know. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Save those bees. And um, so I want to do that. Um, I, I want to do like jewelry making. A lot of people liked the, yeah. the fashion. The fashion, yeah. So, so a little girl made something with that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I could so like, you know what, Kristen, I love it. And also like how you interview people, like random people on the street. Oh yeah. You know what? That's so funny. That wasn't even actually planned. It was <laughs> sitting really? there. Yeah. The no. So I, I was in New York to release the, the show and, and have it be announced that this was happening. And we were just going to go and have an interview with me and Billy Blanks Jr., myself. And then we just started going around and interviewing people. And then it just became like, of course, Billy knows that Kristen is crazy off the walls. She'll do anything. <laughs> But he had no idea that I would be like in Times Square. You know, the stairs for like the ticket yeah. thing. Yeah, I yeah. am standing on the bottom talking to every single person there. I mean, I had everybody waving their hands going. <laughs> it was, I don't know. I, I don't know who this person is. But well, you're like, when you look at you though, you want to look at you and, and see what you're doing because you are so flamboyant and so full of life and it's it's a wonderful thing so people want to see what you're doing so I can see how you could do that yeah I think and that's what um Billy was saying too he was like people want to like people were lining up to talk to me <laughs> instead of running away yeah. so yeah there's actually <gasps> Holly it's funny that you say that next week is gonna be a bonus episode of all kicking it on the street oh I love that <laughs> I love it. Oh, I yeah. mean, there's so many interviews that we did. We went to Comic-Con. We have a funny story about that. Not funny. It's very inspiring, actually. There was this girl, and she was dressed up as Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. And her boyfriend was like the bush. And, yeah. and she <laughs> had all the hands. It was fantastic. It was so creative. And so I went up, and I, t I asked her, I said, what are you talented at? And she immediately said nothing. <laughs> and I said, well, I beg to differ because just right off the bat, you seem talented because you came up with this whole idea. You made your costume. You did this. She said, well, I guess I didn't really look at it that way. And I said, well, well, think about it. What else are you talented at? Because it doesn't have to be something that's on stage, something that it could be, yeah. you know, you're talented at communication. You're talented at reading. You're like, well, it could be something. And she goes, wow, I never thought of that. And she said, I feel when I'm dressed up on the outside, I feel so confident and I feel like no one's judging me and I can be myself. And I said, well, what I want you to try and do is dress that, but dress it in the inside and dress mm -hmm. your inside just like you think you're dressing your outside. And she was like, Aww. my life is completely changed. She said, I, I already feel so much better. 
She's like, tomorrow is a brand new day and I'm going to be, and I'll never forget that because Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm there like to, you know, provide entertainment and get like funny moments. And then here's this down to earth girl and I'm changing her life. And to me, I'm like, yes, if I could help one person, then I've done my job. So, you know, there's moments like that, that are really cool. That's, and that was a random person off the street, not on your show. <gasps> you should get her back on your show. You know, you should have a segment. Yeah, that would like, be so now, good. Yeah. What happened to? I love that connection. That's beautiful. I can't you wait know, to see the next episode. That's, That's amazing. Good. If you could just help one, you know, I always say that if you could just help one person doing something, you know addiction or something or that's you just did it but i'm sure you've done it to hundreds and thousands of kids and <laughs> yes holly i love the idea of true bill i i love the concept it's something we all need in our lives it's something everybody should have. I agree. And you know what? We're starting off the new year. Everyone, well, I will speak for myself. I always say I am going to get myself in order, get my bills right, track my money, not throw it away because I work so hard for it. And then I start the new year with all of these great goals with money management and I don't know where to begin. And then I don't achieve my goals. But this year is different. I downloaded Truebill and that's the difference. Already I'm winning. Truebill is an easy to use app that identifies your subscriptions to help you stop paying for things you no longer need. Your concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscription so you don't have to. That's a great app. And because I know I am not the only one. I sign up for stuff all the time. And it's like a free trial. I'm like, oh, 30 days. I'll remember and I'll cancel. You know, that's a scam. Yeah. (laughs) You know, right there. Those 30 days will come and go and I will forget. And then all of a sudden I have a reoccurring bill. And I'm like, where's my money going? But if I have a concierge like you discussed, that's a no-brainer. That's fabulous. True bill is a no-brainer. They'll automatically find your subscriptions and the bills. When you inquire, they will let you know. These are your subscriptions. This is what you're paying for. I got to save money this year, huh? <laughs> I had a big wedding last year. I am, all my savings is gone. So I'm, I'm back at square one. I agree. <laughs> I, I have to save too. I don't have a car. I really want a new car. Well, I don't have any car. So I would like a car. So I want to save too. Yes. So I'm right with you. I know I have these subscriptions, but I can't remember what they are. Yeah. And so you don't have to figure that out. They can figure that out for you. And sometimes your needs change, like things that I wanted or needed subscription services that I needed before. I don't need anymore. So it yeah. helps you with things you don't need, you don't want, or you simply forgot about. So that's really helpful. They do help you with your credit score too. They do. I saw that was one of the options. They yep. help your credit score. They do ask you, do you own a car? I'm like, nope, don't have that. And they do ask if you want to save. If yep. you're just in savings. So there are things I was just checking off. I'm like, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. It's really helpful. Everything we want to do for the new year and beyond. I mean, this isn't something... That we're going to do in January, the first six weeks and fade out. Oh, I, right. I'm going to be a loyal customer of Truebill and make it do the work for me. I also like that with Truebill, you can stay on top of your spending. You have an effortless breakdown of your finances to see where your money is going and how to improve. Did you know, Holly, Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Dollars. Wow. 
Just think about how much money we people at, as a whole we're just throwing away because you know people aren't using all of what they're signed up for. Right. Think of the waste. Do you have any idea how many subscriptions you unknowingly pay for every month? No. no. But I do now. I'm gonna. <laughs> Look out, world. It's a new me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash said so go right now truebill.com slash said so it could save you thousands a year truebill.com slash said so as in because mom said so so are you still teaching not to get off the show because it's fascinating i didn't know anything about it and you know until i heard you were coming on do you still do dance are you still teaching dance? Yeah, so because uh, that's you know, in your still, blood, it always will be. Always, I love dance. I love choreographing. Not so much. I wouldn't say for like competition dances anymore. I feel. I think it could have been a lot with the death of my daughter, but I don't find the joy as much as I did in yes. choreographing for like competition, class, anything as much as I used to. And I don't know if that is just because of the trauma or if it's just because I'm kind of moved on into more of a producer, yeah. director kind of role. Yeah. Uh, but for sure, like choreographing competition dances, like, uh, I can't do it anymore. Like mm -hmm. ask me to choreograph one more solo, I can't do it. You've outgrown it. You've outgrown it. You're beyond that now. I, it's just, <laughs> I can't think of one more step, you know? Isn't that something? How did you start in the dance? Well, I was awful, Jill. Okay. Now, listen, I'm not kidding you. I was terrible. <laughs> oh, you terrible dancer? Terrible dancer. I was so bad. You have, you guys have no idea. I'm going to oh. send Holly a video and then she's going to send it to all of you. I just saw some moves on your Instagram when you were doing your pottery, that was not awful. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, I started, I started at the age of 11, which is pretty okay. late for dance. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, and what shaped me as a dancer from dance is uh, the perseverance. Because if you would have asked me, Kristen, are you going to be, is this going to be your profession? Are you going to be a professional dancer? No, because I was <laughs> yeah. so bad. Okay. I was awful. Everyone would have laughed at you. Even my teacher, Michelle Latimer, who's a fabulous teacher in Denver. She would have said, there is no way this girl, like she should play <laughs> soccer. She should do something else. Yeah. So, and then I never gave up, you know, I, I continued uh, dance competitively. I went to OSHA, the Orange County High School of the Arts. Oh. And, and then I just started working. I was in Marguerite Derrick's teen company and I was in that teen company with Mikey Minden, uh, wow. Tyler Pett. Wow. wow. Oh, yeah. So That's many big names. names. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of people came out of that little group there. And so. But you did it because you loved it. Yeah. I mean, it never was a job. I have never, to this day, I've never felt like I've had a job. Well, actually, I take that back. It was the last time that I went to go choreograph for a dance studio. And it had nothing to do with the studio. They were fantastic. It was great. Yeah, it just hit but you. But it was, it was planned like the day before London passed. 
and Aww. it almost I wasn't ready yet mm -hmm. you know I just mentally was not ready and so that was the one time I dread going to work in quotes mm -hmm. never has been a job I love what I do if if money wasn't ever a factor I would do things for free for every single person just yeah, because sure. I love it that's great well, right. you know but you also danced for or you choreographed for some pretty big names in your yes experience so it's amazing i love this like almost like rags to riches story like you know you weren't a great dancer but then you really transformed and evolved as you you continuously evolve yeah and i think that that that's so true is that my story there's hope you know mm -hmm. if you keep giving your all and you keep loving what you're doing and, and be persistent it can amount to what you want it to be whether you have to go through obstacles or not uh, sometimes you have to go through storms, but you can get there. And mm -hmm. all of you guys know, I mean, you guys went through, youth went through the storm. We went through <laughs> lots of storms. <laughs> you went through Katrina and back. Yeah, the hurricane and the storm, it never left. Yes. <laughs> no, it never left. So That's there you were. Sure. And, but you're, you're on the other side, you know, and that yeah. now you can say, you know, I learned from this, I grow from this, and now I can take these experiences and better myself and also better other people, you know, because mm -hmm. I know so many people that you all inspire. And, you know, so it's kind of a full circle moment. Yeah, that's oh, so great. That That's crazy. But can I, who gave you your first work job? You know, where you were either dancing professionally or choreographing. How how did that come about? Because it's a big world, but it's a small dance community. It really is. So many people think that they can go out to L.A. and just start working immediately. Like, yeah. I'm just going to yeah. go. I'm moving to L.A. Yeah. tomorrow. Yes. Not that I'll be on a movie in the next week. Well, it doesn't yeah, exactly right. it really oh. doesn't work like that at all. No. Um, and especially now. I mean, now with all of the you know, costs for COVID and mm -hmm. it just, everybody's cutting. Uh, back in my day, because I am a tortoise, very ancient. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. Well, I feel like it. I actually was in high school and mm -hmm. I got a call from my agent. I think it was actually through Marguerite's company oh. um, that someone knew you know, it's always somebody that knows somebody. Yeah. And that's, you know, so yeah, never, burn you know. Bridges. never burn yep. bridges. No, because you never know. It was on Days of Our Lives. <gasps> I actually <gasps> was on eight episodes of Days of Our Lives. I didn't even know what a soap opera was. Wait, were you with Bo, Hope, and Patch, and Kayla? So I was. So you were an actress. I was an actress and a dancer. I actually did both. Is that something? What year was that? Oh my gosh, I don't know. It was on VHS because I remember. <laughs> my mom watched it and I. My mom was there. She was, Kristen, the show's coming on. And we would all get in my bedroom <laughs> and we would put the VHS At in. one o'clock. And then we would record. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. And so it's that old. Wow. <laughs> Love Wait, it. Can I say something? Just a side note. My mom and my sister and I went to Maryland to see Bo, Hope, Patch, Kayla, and we were one, two, three, four the, in the front row waiting for them to do a meet and greet. Aww. That's cool. I never heard that story. Sorry, I never heard that one either. That's a memory. <laughs> so Kristen, you started as a soap opera actress. 
I did. In, in high school. That's amazing. Like, do you know how many high school kids would have killed for that? Because, what, 20 years ago, soaps were huge. I was brought up in my dance studio to always celebrate my uniqueness and to always realize that once you see something that's working, you need to go the opposite way because that's already taken. And I realized that at such a young age that everything I did, I needed to find a way to be different, but still do the same job. And so I created a identity for myself. I, that at the time I had, you know, straight across bangs with a bob. I would wear nerd glasses. I was that like nerdy girl next door. And in everything, I mean, I would say in a book movie with Minnie Driver and Sally Field Aww. was the executive producer. It was amazing. That's amazing. Um, And I was doing Dr. Pepper commercials and movies, but I was always that girl. I was always that quirky girl. And when you, (laughs) when I would line up to go to these auditions, I remember clearly there was one audition and it got down to the finals. They were going to pick one quirky girl and it was between me and this other girl. And she was dressed just the glasses, the quirky, the fun. So out of everyone else, all the 200 girls that looked the same, they're all vying for one spot, but then just me and this other girl are Mm -hmm. going for for the working one. So that made me realize I was on the right path to succeeding in where I needed to go. And so, you know, everyone always asks me, Kristen, how, how did you work? How did you book jobs? And I don't think it's how I did it. I just think that I was always present. I never sat back and waited for an opportunity. I was always ready and in the opportunity. I was meeting people. I was, you know, meeting people to create relationships, not to meet people to want something. And there's a difference between that. You can meet somebody to be like, and that was usually 99% of my friends in LA was, I want to be your friend. And then the next day they're like, okay, are you going to connect me to your manager? Yeah. What can you do for me? Yeah. And then, and I've had that happen over and over and over. And it Mm -hmm. honestly still to this day happens. Yep. And it really is so sad. And so, you know, for the next generation, you know, coming up and, and wanting to succeed in the entertainment industry, the biggest piece of advice that I can give is to create relationships and not go after something that you want, because that want will happen no matter if it's planned or not. It's yeah. already written. So you can't ask for it anyway. So just be who you want to be and meet these people and really listen to them, really mm-hmm. care about who they are and how they wow. listen to their story. Kristen, you know what? I think this is like, this would be a good lesson for kids, tweens, teenagers, and 20 some year olds. I can't stand this Instagram where everybody's perfect and blah, blah, blah. And I'm glad that our kid, like my kids are not like that. I mean, they don't, they would love to look like that, of course, because we all want to look perfect, but you're not, you have well, to no be, perfect. but, but everybody wants to be perfect on Instagram and you just be yourself. And I love that you said that, like, I wish kids could hear you and like really listen to what you say. In our world is so smashed with perfection. 
no, even if we were to say, everyone start posting your worst photos, there would still be critiques of, okay, yeah. but this is my worst, but this is my, the best side, but I still the best have of my worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. I mean, honestly wish my job did not have to do with social media because I hate uh -huh. it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's almost like, you know, Instagram is your bio. You don't even have to have mm -hmm. a resume or exactly. anything. You just, oh, like, let me see who this person is. Okay. Yeah. I'll hire yeah. them I'll just off of their Instagram. So it's almost as though you can't put out bad things because what if somebody yes. that's a producer is going on and being like, Ooh, yeah. that's them, right. you know? And so it's kind of a, it's a catch 22 because you want to be yourself and you want to be like, Hey, this is what I look like really when I wake up or, <laughs> you know, when everyone does those, like get ready with me in the morning and they're, yeah. they're in their bed and like their makeup is like fully done. Exactly. Like, yeah. oh, hi. I'm like, no one wakes up like that. Yeah. So let's restart. But anyway, I just feel like that world is just so twisted is uh, there's no good right word. or wrong. That's a good you word. Know, twisted. Yeah. But you know what? It's not going away. I, I think we can all agree that it's here to stay and for you've learned to manage it. We're moms. It's a little different, but kids, young, impressionable people need to learn to manage it. And I really do hope yeah. that teachers in schools are touching on this subject just because know. mental health yeah. is such a, a big issue in, in our society these days that, I mean, we didn't even have cell phones back in yeah. school. So we yeah. never had this issue, but you know, now that kids are allowed to have phones at school, oh, they are safety. Uh, yeah. Because you know, if there's a shooting or this reasons, and that, yeah. they have to be able uh, yeah. to have their phones. And so, you know, it just, it never ends. So I really do hope that there is some sort of class on this, but Hey, I say that. And mm -hmm. I went to high school and I don't think I learned anything. <laughs> Why are they teaching me like G times one F X over two? And I'm like, I don't even know how to do my taxes. Exactly. <laughs> teach me how I feel like I learned nothing. Or, or write a check or something. You know, it's funny. My husband yeah. says that too, because he taught the girls personal finance because he was their teacher uh, in ninth grade. We had a class to teach us how to write a check and to bounce a checkbook. They don't do that anymore. My kids, yeah. I don't think know how. No, because yeah. I mean, I'm 53. So it was different back then, you know? Yeah, no. I mean, like life skills to learn how to do the dishwasher and the laundry and like yes. life skills. They don't know how to do any. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know what? In life skill class could be a social media segment in mm -hmm. that life skill yes. class. Well, because it's not going anywhere, as like Jill said, and so it's it's part of our world and it's part of what we live in. And so you have to learn how to manage it and live with it and not let it take over your life because it yeah. can consume you if you allow it to. And it's mm -hmm. so dangerous. It's a, it's a very slippery slope. And we're like not digital natives, but the kids are like, that's the world they grew up in. So, oh yeah. Yeah, we're just kind of like we're we're visitors. So we're, yeah. <laughs> we dip our toe in it. Hey, hey, wait, you know what, Kristen? You know you have some Britney Spears fans here and Prince fans. So I don't know if you want to touch upon before we move into some of your personal life stories as well. But maybe like, you know, because we are fans and you have had like experiences with, you know, one or two of them. Free I Britney, free it. Britney, Britney's free, uh, Britney's free. Woo, woo, woo. Let's hear it. 
So Brittany was actually, we all hear this, being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And that is a real, real thing. Because oh, timing is everything. I mean, there I was. Then I was dancing for Brittany. Yeah. So I was at the Staples Center, maybe. Brian Friedman was choreographing. I believe they had dancers that were underage for this segment of her Onyx Hotel tour. The producers came up to Brian and were like, we can't use any of them. We need somebody that are 18 and up and we oh. need them right now because we're shooting right now. We just need one. And I was like, oh, now keep me? in mind, this is the day <clears throat> that I knew I wasn't going to be working. So I'm in my pajamas. I didn't wash my hair. It's <laughs> all greasy. I have no makeup on. I have to, so kids always be somewhat presentable when you leave yeah. the house because you never know. Did you have underwear on? Um, I think I have underwear on. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was close, but maybe, I'm not sure. Um, and so on the Onyx Hotel tour, behind the huge LED screens are me and another female dancing with, thank God it was like huge and black and white because that would have been scary. <laughs> um, so there I can, I can show you guys images and like, I, I don't have any video cause it was like VHS back in the day. Like we didn't have iPhones. Yeah. You know, to yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, there I was on these huge things travel, you know, I didn't travel with her, but basically my body did, um, all over the country. So you were like shadow dancing. That's so cool. That's so cool. It was just more like silhouette. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. The I've day that we that, were yeah. there, Brittany was, you know, obviously there too. She was helping, you know, create these. Oh, these fun. She is the sweetest human yep. I have ever met. I, I mean, she walks out at of her, the cutest dressing room I've ever seen, like pink, fluffy, like mm. so cute. Oh. I was like, oh, can I have that room? Uh, <laughs> and she was like, oh, hey, y'all. Thank you so much for coming today it means so much to me that you are here and i was like oh Aww. this is this britney spears just talked to me this yeah. is <laughs> because i was that's such a, like that's so that cute so cute she's phenomenal i love her always will you know everyone always asks me, me don't you think she's crazy i'm like no, um, I never wear shoes when I am driving to go to Starbucks and I step outside. Me either. <laughs> so everybody just needs to relax because all these people that are complaining, oh, she went to the gas station with no shoes on. And I'm like, oh, I, do, I, I think do I've too. done that like- I never wear my shoes, yeah. 40 times, so <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, don't throw you stones, know. right? Nope, nope, nope. And then, you know, when don't she judge. shaved her head, oh my gosh, she's crazy. She's on drugs, she shaved. So did Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Did yeah. anybody say anything about that? No, because it was for a job. It was judged differently. That's so, true. See what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why did we go to mental health? You're crazy. And why was it accepted in it in yeah. for a role? It, it, People are too judgy. Yeah. yeah, it drives me nuts. Um, Prince. Prince was not, not the nicest. Yeah. That's what my friend, my friend did all of his videos. Like he was this editor and he said the same thing rude yeah no i mean like really he didn't care that we were there it was almost as though 
it was him and his world and no one else existed. And now I don't know how people work, you know, like that could mm-hmm. just be his work mode where he's yeah. like, I don't have time. I got to get this done. I'm focused. I got to you know, so it, that could have been it. Um, yeah. and it also wasn't overnight shoot. I mean, we're talking like 3am, you know, oh. we're oh, working yeah. filming and what, sh- what was it? I would love to know. Oh. I remember. <laughs> I oh love that. Girl. I'm not I love you. Really- and I, I love that. I can't find it on YouTube because CRS. we didn't have YouTube back then. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't know. It was some song. I don't feel like it was a famous one, <laughs> but maybe, but maybe it was. That's there really great. Maybe I wasn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can I tell you a funny story? So my friend who You're I adore, funny. he's 68 years old. He had Prince at his house several times because he edited his video and he was sitting beside him and his dog smelled him, Prince. And Prince said, get your dog away from me. He is touching me. And he had lots of stories like that. So just to let you know. Be nice and kind. That's what I tell people when they yell at me on the street. I'm like, it's easier to be, you should see, I say, it's easier to be nice. Just be nice. And everybody laughs at me, but they think about it. And now, especially every day, everyone now is on on edge. And just before we get into, you know, the elephant in the room, to be nice, talking about being kind, will lead into this Mm -hmm. way. I have been, I just was scammed out of an adoption situation. It was from a public site where like birth moms can come and find adoptive parents and we pay the fee to be on this site. Mm -hmm. She found me. She didn't ask for any money. Uh, We were talking for like two weeks Every day, all day, I was invested into this girl. And as soon as she went to go meet the attorney to sign the papers, she never showed up, blocked us, ghosted, gone. So I get a call from my agency and they're like, we have the perfect birth mom. She doesn't do drugs. She's clean. She's, you know, fantastic. She has two kids of her own. They live on the streets. They need money. This would be great. Fantastic. I fly out to Phoenix. I meet her. I take her to her ultrasound. I find out it's a girl. I see the baby. I'm like so excited. I take this birth mom to Target. I'm like, pick out anything you need. I know that you need clothes and food. And and she never was like, I need this. I need this. I need it. She was very like understanding. and, And it was just a great trip. That was until two days before Thanksgiving and the birth father got involved. Uh, The birth mother had put that she didn't know who the birth father was, but she did. But they, she put that because they were never planning on placing the baby. So this is the sketchiest thing in adoption. We could pay, anyone can pay for the time that you match to six weeks after the baby is born and they, they can change their mind 72 hours after the baby is born. So I could, I could have paid for this girl all the way till March, the end of March, to live her bills, no, everything. No. And 72 and hours say, after the husband, they could say, yeah, I, want, I decided I, I want I to decided. keep the baby. Oh, God. And there's nothing you can do. That's the risk that you take. It's the sketchiest thing. It just seems so wrong. That seems but you so got wrong. lucky that this was quick. Yeah. Wow. Well, we lost, we lost 15 grand on it. 
I don't know how. Wow. Wait, what? That that fast. Wow. We lost how? Well, because we had to pay for the attorneys. We had to pay for the agencies. We had to put the work that would paid the work that was already put into her and also the expenses that she has already. Oh my. You have to pay her expenses even if she backs out? Yes. Isn't that Aww, insane? Yes. Insane, Kristen. Wow. And that's, you guys, that's the, the torture. Numbers, oh. It's ridiculous. But I can't imagine. I, I had this, this gut feeling about this birth dad that she kept mentioning. And that's when it got like, I'm so glad I spoke up when I had that gut feeling because... Otherwise, I still would have been in this journey, and then oh, come March, goodness. I wouldn't have had a baby. So that's amazing. I just I did not know what goes into the adoption <gasps> process. So I am learning so much through you, and I've told Kristen this a few times. Like because when she tells me some of these stories, I get upset, I get angry and frustrated and mad. And she's yeah. usually, and Kristen's always so calm and she has such a right approach about it. She's like, then it wasn't meant for me. Then that was not my baby. Oh or my she gosh. just, she's so gracious and she is so amazing in the way that she approaches this experience and this journey. It's, this is not for the faint of heart. You, it really isn't. It take it requires a lot. It's a, a huge emotional toll. And to see someone you love go through this and just really, I feel like there's nothing I can do as a friend, but support and, and pray and be there for you. But what a journey. I couldn't even, this, this last one, I'm just like, what? That happened? It's just heartbreaking. That it doesn't is. seem right. And that's why it's so hard. I think, Holly, I think the real reason why I am so understanding is because I met London. Yeah. And the moment I met London, I mean, even though I never saw her alive, she taught me my purpose. And Mm -hmm. my purpose is just to inspire and just to change one person at a time. And, you know, I feel like we said in the beginning, like, if if you can help one person, if I can Mm -hmm. save one baby, because London very well could have been saved had I known what I know now about stillbirth. So t- tell us her story and tell us yeah, more about it. If you can, if you don't. Yeah. I battled infertility for forever. Steve and I have been trying to date for 14 years oh, wow. to try and have a baby. I had stage four endometriosis and it required three surgeries. It kept coming back so bad that my first uh, surgery was supposed to be a 20 minute go in, clean it out. It was two and a half hours. Wow. And the doctor was like, this is the worst case we've ever seen. Your left ovary is completely shot. Like it's not even working. Uh, We did get pregnant one time, um, miscarried at, I think like six or seven weeks. And so then I thought like, oh my gosh, but this is great. I can still get pregnant, you know? And of course me thinking like Khloe Kardashian has endometriosis and she had a baby. So I can do it too. And so, you know, I, endometriosis just kept coming back. I went to the doctor and they were like, you, you have to have a hysterectomy. Like this, this is just not getting any better. And that's not what you want to hear when your dream is to become a mother. So I was looking up like what the closest thing to pregnancy would be. And I learned about surrogacy and I thought it was the craziest thing that some stranger would hold a baby for me and then just give it to me 
I was like, this is the coolest. I I don't know how people can do that. I don't know either because that's like caring for a puppy for like, you know, nine months and then being like, okay, here you go. I can't, I can't can't do it. Yes. I just compared a puppy to a baby, but that's because that's all I know. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we found the perfect surrogate Um, family in Fort Worth. And she has two kids married. They were done having kids and it was a perfect pregnancy. I mean, we would get, oh, Kristen, this is textbook. She's great. No concerns. Went to I the last question. week. Was it your egg? Did you freeze your eggs? No, we had to get an egg donor. Um, okay. It is Steve's firm, but it is, I, we had okay. to get an egg donor. Yeah, I didn't wow. know how old you were when you had the hysterectomy, if you were able, if they could. Wow. Okay. I think we could have, but I think that it would have been tough because one of the ovaries wasn't working. Okay. The other, yeah. We just didn't know. And so yeah. we did. Um, have egg donors. So the last week that my surrogate went to the doctor, they didn't do an ultrasound. She said- uh, Do they normally? Well, I don't know. I don't think, because I don't remember that. They, she went to the doctor, they, you know, listened to her heartbeat, listened, and they said that you're great. You're good to go. We'll see you next week for your C-section. And the surrogate said, do we do an ultrasound today? And she was like, no, there was no concerns last week. There's nothing to, everything's the same. You're good. Now, if that- would have been an ultrasound. Could that have changed London? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, mm. I had asked uh, my surrogate, you know, I think it was maybe four or five days before London was born. And I said, how is, is London <clears throat> kicking a lot? And she was like, actually, she's slowed down the last couple of days. Mm. To me, I've never been yeah. a mom. I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, my surrogate's 4'11 and 100 pounds. So listen, my child, there's probably no room for my child to be moving in this. So I'm thinking this is normal. I don't know. So we get to, uh, we drive to Dallas. We're listening to the podcast. My husband, Steve, he's a cardiologist, but knows we know nothing about children. Okay. We don't even know. We were asking ourselves, like, what do we buy? Like, what do I what do I need? Like, and she's like, well, all you need is diapers and a blanket and a bottle and your gut. And I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> we, I mean, we were ready. We were listening to podcasts all the way oh, up there. How, what do you do my when, you bring, when you bring home the baby? And we were so excited. We had, it was like baby Disneyland. I think I watched like 500 hours of YouTube videos of this product is really great. My baby loved it. And then another one. This mm-hmm. one hated the bit. And I was like, oh, but should I get, I'll just get both. <laughs> get both. <laughs> I could have a family of 10 and we would still have, everyone would have a swing or something yeah. to play with. Yeah. So we're, we're going there. We have dinner with the surrogate family and I feel like this weird energy. Nah. Yeah. And I didn't say anything because I, to me, I'm a very religious person. I'm thinking the devil is creeping in to finally steal my joy after 14 years. And I was not going to let him. And so we exchanged gifts. We gave the family a trip to Disney World. It was this whole thing. And my parents flew in from Florida. They were there. We were so excited. We went to bed early. We had to be there at five. And I had like those cheesy, like mom and dad, 
grandpa, grandma shirts made. We all walked into the hospital, like all oh. like cute, you know? Uh, but I woke up that morning and immediately I went on to my, my laptop and I texted my surrogate and I said, have they hooked London up to the heart monitor yet? And she said, no, they haven't done it yet. They just are, you know, doing the tests and everything. And, um, I said, oh, okay. Let me know when they do guys. I have never asked the whole nine months about her heart beat, her heart rate. I don't even know what it was supposed to be, but for some reason, something in me, yeah. my very, I didn't even say hi to Steve first. But they do that. They always check the baby's heart rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't so what get they it. did, well, they, they weren't to that stage yet in the, um, when they were exactly. setting her up, yeah. they had to do like the COVID test and they had to do all like the thing. Mm-hmm. So the surrogate texts me and says, okay, they're hooking us up now. And I was like, okay, great. We're about to leave to come to the hospital. We're so excited. And I just started praying. And I was like, listen, I don't know what this feeling is that is coming over me, but I'm just going to trust that you know what is best and I will go with it. I didn't say anything to Steve because he, Why? if I was he to say understand. that, he wouldn't, yeah. you're right. He just Why? wouldn't, he would be like, Why? what are you doing? Like, stop. So we, we get there. I stop hearing from my surrogate and I'm thinking, oh, well, it's probably just because they're holding on to her hands, mm-hmm. getting the fingers on the IV. I'm not thinking, I'm trying to think positive still. So we get there and I ring the bell and I'm like, hi, we're here for my surrogate. She's delivering our baby today. We're so excited. They were like, have a seat in the waiting room and a nurse will come out and get you. Okay. I still think that this is normal, but my feeling kept getting worse. And so I turned to Steve and I said, text Brandon. And Brandon is the husband of the surrogate. And I said, and he was like, Kristen, She's with the doctor. Leave them alone. We're going to see them in five seconds. I said, text Brandon. And he could tell there was like something in my voice that wasn't right. Uh, The nurse came and was like, right then and said, okay, come on, come with us. We go back there and we go to this weird testing room in this dark hall. And I knew, I just knew. I walked in, they sat at, they sat down within three seconds, the nurse and two or three other nurses walked in and the nurse, I can just, I can still hear it to this day saying, it's not good. She doesn't have a heartbeat. And uh, I didn't, I didn't even know what to say. And that feeling was like, when I woke up, I already knew. And that, that was, that's what was so weird. So I remember just dropping my head. Steve was going ballistic. Mm. I mean, he's saying, you know, you just checked her last week. Everything was fine. This and that. And the hardest thing about it is that no one could tell us why we still don't know. Wow. Um, you know, we could have, could we have done an autopsy? Yes. Does it really matter? No, no. Um, you know, we oh, did ask, like, does this, you know, will this affect if we do surrogacy again? Is this an embryo issue? They were like, it definitely was not an embryo issue. Like your baby was perfect. And, oh, <clears throat> you know, it was just, it was hard because, you know, I just, I didn't want to see her. I thought if I saw her, I wouldn't yeah. want to let her go. And yeah. that would oh, be God. so much worse. Oh. 
And they kept telling me, you know, Kristen, you really need to go like this is you're going to need this for closure. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept thinking like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And as soon as I saw her, my, my world changed Mm -hmm. and I stopped crying. It was, I thought my tears would exude more and I would be a complete mess, but instead it was like, like an angel. She was clearly just an angel to be there to say like, beautiful. she is just, she's, stunning. I looked at her and the the peaceful look on her face was like, Kristen, I know I'm, I'm not here, but I'm here to teach you and and the world about this. So you can stop other families from this happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think that God really put London, or he knew that she wasn't going to be living on earth with us. He already knew that, mm-hmm. but he is doing this because he knows that this is my purpose is to spread mm-hmm. the word mm-hmm. because the statistics of stillbirth are disgusting. I know I read all of your information. It's, it is really disgusting. I had no idea how that it's that prevalent, to be honest with you. I had no idea. Like shocking and like in this day and age. I wish that, we could that, all hug right now. Sorry. I'm like, I just wish we could all hug right now. <laughs> you think that because yeah. when I walked out of the hospital, I thought I was this was I was the only one in the entire world that this has happened to. And that's what you feel like. You mm-hmm. you feel like I see all these other babies being born and they're so perfect and they're so happy, but why is it just my baby that didn't make it, you know? And the coolest thing, and this is what I wanted to, you know, pass on was a nurse delivered this bear to me. And I was like, oh, okay, like, cool, a hospital bear. Like, I don't want that. I want my daughter. But she came up to me and she was like, Kristen, this is something special. And I have been saving this for the perfect person. And I was like, okay. And she said, this bear, and it's all written down on like this card, I still have it, um, was given to us from another mom that her daughter was stillborn at 34 weeks. And it said on there, like, I'm so sorry for your loss. We lost our daughter, Grace, at 34 weeks, stillborn. I didn't want you to leave the hospital empty-handed, so I want you to hold on to this bear like you would have held on to your daughter, your child, and, you know, I'm wishing you, I know your pain, and that bear is all I have. That is my life. Like, that bear never leaves my, for three weeks, I didn't let go of the bear, Um, and, you know, now the bear sleeps with us, and I wrap the bear, like, I swaddle the bear, and, you know, it's just, it's, our lives are completely changed, and, it will be forever. And, and do I want to say in a bad way? Not all in a bad way, because I feel like just in me opening up and t- talking about my story is helping save babies today. You know, Absolutely. and I really do think also, I've had so many people say, how are you not giving up? And a lot of people don't even know about the two adoptions 
after mm. I failed after all of this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even know the half of it. And a lot of them say to me, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I was about to give up on having children. And this was when we were still trying to have surrogate before London. They were like, you opened my eyes and you gave me the willpower and the energy to keep fighting. And now we're pregnant. I love that for other people. And maybe that's, maybe my role is to never be a mother to a baby on earth. I don't know, but I will still keep Mm -hmm. trying, you know, until, and you know, we're never going to give up, but there are days definitely where I'm like, I'm, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I cannot. Why is this so hard for us to have a child? I don't understand. God wants you to have a child. I promise Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I don't understand either, but I love to hear you say, I can't believe you can tell that story. I know. Mm -hmm. Kristen's Um, amazing. We are. I'm sorry. And and Kristen, I do believe, because you've said sometimes, and I hope someone hears your story, because so often you've said people for adoption or surrogates, they, they get connected because of someone that they know or a story, they hear uh-huh. your story. And then that's how those connections can be made. And you never know, someone might hear your story today through the podcast and that yes. might start a ripple effect with, you know, with making a connection. And, you know, you're just an incredibly strong, resilient, loving, mm-hmm. kind, just a, a beautiful person and a, mo- an, a mom. You are. So mm-hmm. you yep. have yeah. mothered Nia for many years. You have, I mean, London was so lucky to have you as a mom. She's your angel. I mean, you shared her with all, you're sharing her with all of us by telling her story. And for that, we're so grateful and teaching us and educating us. So hopefully we could be supporters and advocates because your advocacy is amazing to watch it and I'm like that's my friend that's my girl and I'm just so proud of you we're proud of you I love that you don't you're not giving up don't give up don't give up things happen for a reason and a purpose I don't we don't know whatever but just don't give up and I I know you won't you don't I don't know you that well but I from what I hear, you're not that type of person. You're not going to give up. You're going to give hope. Actually, texting Holly last night, and I told her, I said, "Oh, and by the way, this happened with the adoption." And but the reason why this is all happening is because all of these situ- all these failed situations, they're not meant to be my child. Right. They're not meant to be. And once I know in my heart that once I see this baby that is meant to be mine. all of this weight will go away. Like it's all going to be worth it. And it's going to be like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's why. Because I can't imagine my life without this human. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you guys, I'm there, I can tell my story like very strong now, just because I've talked about London Mm -hmm. a ton, a ton, a ton. But I do have um, on my uh, YouTube channel um, for push, pregnancy there's like a 17 minute video where I am not not crying I am crying um but there's a lot of crazy statistics and you know information that we really just need to make people more aware and spread the word because you know just telling somebody hey make sure you feel a kick today and if you don't and your doctor says, oh, no, it's fine. And you don't think it's fine. You just need to tell them, no, yeah. I yes. know my body. You Go with your gut instinct. 
Yeah. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing everything. You're amazing. We loved having you. Um, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to see what's next for you. You're in our and prayers. And I can't wait to see the new show and the new people on it. And your future is mm-hmm. really bright. We love you. We know that. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys too. And you guys inspire me every single day and keep doing, no, I'm not kidding. You're a rock star. You're like, sweet. Mm-hmm. You I feel like, star. I feel like I've known you guys forever and I'm sure <laughs> that all the yeah, time. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I feel like we're, you know, you're like, welcome to our family. I'm like, oh, were you not already my family? <laughs> <laughs> we're friends. Um, I love you know, that. So we're already all friends and we have been for uh, mm-hmm. 10 years because mm-hmm. oh, there was a 10 year. Just about that. that. Just about. Okay, great. So we're friends for life. And um, yes. no, but all seriousness, this was amazing. I hope I inspired you guys today because yes, you guys did. did inspire me. And of course. Hey, have a fantastic day, okay? Thank you. you. Love you, Kristen. Bye, guys. Love Love you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Because Mom Said So. Make sure to listen and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can ask us questions or suggest topics by sending us an email at becausemomsaidso4 at gmail.com and follow us on Because Mom Said So on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Tune in next week because I'm a mom and Because Mom Said So.